Hello, all you beautiful, valid people out there. Bleh, I haven't done this in so long that I fucking stuttered and everything's great. I'm now 18 years old, which is insane, but I'm here with my friend and co-host. Hey, everyone, it is Araya. Welcome back. How y'all doing? It, it, this is, this is, it's been about uh, two weeks since the last time we recorded anything, so... Yeah, we took a little bit of a break. Um, I see you got your sun drop there. I will introduce my yeah, drink I mean, for today, and that drink is orange juice. Sponsor me, sun drop. Sponsor me, sun drop. Sponsor me, sun drop. Sponsor me, sun I decided I want some orange juice today, um, but I don't want to break the streak of like mind-altering substances, so I'm gonna spike it with some vodka. Oh man, I was hoping you were gonna be healthy. Like this is gonna be great. Um, vodka. Vodka. It's about a shot. I don't know, maybe a little more. But uh, now, while we're still in the intro phase, I would like to say. I'd like to shout out our Patreon real quick. Um, yeah. First of all, first of all, we have two new patrons, which is very helpful. Thank. I'd like to thank our three three new pa Well, I mean, not three new patrons, but our three patrons that exist and two new patrons. I uh, a double A batteries, aka apathetic astronaut on Discord. Um, Sal salty off of the Discord, and out we have Kazan. Kazan, white out Kazan. Yep. This is insane. Um. I like money. <laughs> um, if you would like to shout, like to, I'd like to say uh, something about the Patreon. Obviously, um, we would appreciate it if you were to pledge anything, any t <laughs> any subscription, even if it's like a dollar, you get shouted out in the po podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, anything five dollars or more, then you get these episodes of the podcast a week early, so that if we take a week off, then you get it before everybody else does. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> you get your week off before everyone else does. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's all that I need to shout out about the Patreon. We'd appreciate it. Again, you don't have to, but money is money, and I'm gonna beg for money. Um, yeah, and it and helps us. Like, uh, it does. Help uh, it really does help us with motivation and stuff, which is which is a lot more of a struggle sometimes. But yeah. It's so. like uh, it's like my uh, band director was talking about earlier. He was talking about intrinsical uh, motivation and extrinsical motivation. Like intrinsical yeah. is like you. It's because you want to do it, and extrinsical is because you're getting something out of it. It's yeah, and and there's a combination. You know, like obviously yeah, there's intrinsic motivation for this YouTube stuff, but like also adding on some extrinsic motivation, like helps. You know, it's, it's helpful. Um, it's yeah, helpful. It, so it's definitely it definitely is a, is a is a helpful thing, and I appreciate everyone who's pledging any money at all, be it one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you've got. Um, it's um, yeah, it's it's very appreciative. Just sh also sharing is great. Anything that you can do for us, even just watching, just, let just us, watching just is let all you know do. We and exist, that's great. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still insane to me. We broke four hundred subscribers. I know. But, you know like, we're doing our best. We broke four hundred subscribers mm -hmm. on our main channel, um, and mm -hmm. which which. It's crazy to me because it makes me feel like we can actually get to 500 subscribers someday, right? Like 500 subscribers feels like such now, a such a goal, but like now yeah, yeah, it sure really it feels like we're definitely gonna hit that at some point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and that's that's sure. so cool to me. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <sighs> anyway, uh, Jay, how have you been these past two weeks, week and a half? Oh, I have been doing 5. a lot these past weeks. Jesus Christ! When was the last time <laughs> we talked? It was like it was like fucking still April. Um, yeah, it was I like April, April, uh, we were like, gonna, I don't know. Yeah, it was like the 22nd or something. It was like a week, two, two and a half weeks ago like, or something. It was oh, before my birthday. Yes, everything. Um, anyway, 
First of all, I, I'm trying to think of all the big things that have happened. My birthday happened. I am now an adult. Woo! Women, yeah! you know what that means. You can hit me up in the DMs. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What else yeah. is there? Uh, uh, the... The day of my birthday, we went to Carowinds, which is like this, uh, like amusement park for a, a music, like like competition that we went to. That was interesting. I'm not a big rides person, like you know, like it's a big like roller coaster place. So a lot of it was just me spent like sitting there and listening to people, like not listening but waiting for people on rides, which is fine, you know. I'm not. Uh, I signed up for it going. Um, yeah. It was a it was not, it was a pretty good day though. I got to run around, do a bunch of stuff. I, I like running around doing crazy stuff with people that I, I enjoy being around. Um, then prom, what, well, I mean, this is all just last week. I don't think two weeks ago anything big or crazy really happened. But uh, last Saturday was my prom, which was a really good yeah. fucking time. I saw a picture from your uh, Instagram. I, did, I posted a bunch of pictures. It was great. Yeah. Um, it, seemed, it seemed cool. I, w- I literally got to wear funny sunglasses. I was wearing this purple purple outfit. I was fucking bawling. It was a great <laughs> night. Um, but I you were no Conan Gray all... at the Met Gala. Have you, did you see Conan uh, Gray at the Met Gala? I did not see Conan Gray at the Met Gala. <laughs> oh my god. What are we talking? What does it look like? I love Conan Gray. I love him so much. Um, he was trending I think yesterday. This is an un- the... hmm? I feel like this is an unfair, like, uh, a. Uh, what was the comparison? That's what I was looking for. Okay, here, here, this, this is, is this is Conan Gray at the Met Gala. Um. Oh Jesus Christ, that's beautiful. No <laughs> right? shot, dude. I, um, I love the fucking like the platforms. Yeah, he, apparently he tweeted like two years ago or three years ago or something. Uh, that like, if I ever get to go to the Met Gala, I promise I'm not gonna wear a boring ass tuxedo, uh, like boring ass suit. <laughs> Unless the theme is and explicitly he, boring as black suit, uh, and he followed he through. Didn't. <laughs> it's a, a, a not boring white suit type. Thing. Honestly, there's I bet there's no male at, at Met Gala who's dressed better than this than this person. Best best male yeah. costume. Met, best, sorry, best male outfit at the Met Gala, hands down. But for sure, um, but the all of prom night was beautiful. I remember, like, I, I we took a bunch of pictures. I took my I was I had all the guys in my car, which was really funny because I went down this this uh dirt road and literally fucking drifted it. Even in an all wheel drive, I ended up drifting down this gravel road, which was really fucking fun. Um, went to prom, danced like all fucking night. Like my legs are still in shock. It's <laughs> it's fucking Tuesday. Almost Wednesday, and my legs are still like, "What the fuck did you do?" You know. Um, yeah. I, I promise. Love, I love doing I, shit like that. I went to I went to prom in a dress. I love that. Makes I, sense. I would have, but I would have gotten jumped. I um, was like completely, like completely still in the closet and didn't really like. I didn't really come to terms with the fact that I was trans or anything like that. So I was fully male presenting <laughs> and everything, but like in a dress. <laughs> everybody everybody loved so it. Much. Everybody loved it. It was. It was. Um, even the teachers were like, "That's great." Um, so yeah, was, yeah. I, I, I wish I'd done something like that, but dude, the, the, the last hour was magic. That was the caption I put on Instagram too. Um, yeah, I saw that. but the last, the last hour, like literally, it was literally just my group of friends were the last ones on the dance floor. <laughs> it was perfect because uh, like the DJ realized that we were the type to like, like to like, to, like sing, sing fucking, fucking songs, songs like crazy. crazy. Like I was like in the middle of like the circle of all of our friends all night. But like then like like Bohemian Rhapsody comes on, and I'm fucking screaming my fucking lungs out. It's beautiful. Um, I almost cried at that point. Like I was just fucking done. Um, 
but you know, like everything, it was just such a beautiful fucking night. And you know, it's the, the there was a scheduled power outage and the power went out right in the, in the middle of the last song. It was like the DJ's got us falling in love again. Because we, and we were all pointing at the DJ because we, he was such a cool dude. It's like the DJ's got us falling in love again. And you know, we were just like, we, it was such a great night. Um, I don't think I've ever heard that song, but I've definitely heard the Minecraft parodies. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, everyone's heard the Minecraft parody if you're on the internet. Stuff again. But we were do yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. But, but, um, but it was such a good fucking night. I'm really glad that I went. I was debating not going. There was like a weird thing where my ex-girlfriend came up, stole my sunglasses. I'm not sure why she did that. I didn't talk to her all night, which was nice. Um, that was the only thing she did, and if that's the biggest thing that she did, then I'm fine. That was that. Fair that's enough. honestly me not. Compl I'm not complaining. Um, and, but you know, it was such a good fucking night. I'm really happy about how it went, and it's still weird to me that it's all all coming to an end. I literally have like, f like uh, I don't know, like 14 more school days or so. not 14. I think it's a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. like, like three three weeks or something. Three weeks. Yeah, it's real. It's a really three low half. number, which is kind. of... Yeah, so it might be, it's like, I don't know. No, it's like 23 more, I don't th I don't think 23 is right. It's the end of May, right? Somewhere around there? Yeah, it's the end of like, May, so it'd probably be... End of May, five. early June, picture perfect afternoon, we... I think I'll Sorry. hold on until May till I pierce the veil. <laughs> um, but I think that's the, uh, I don't know how many more days I have left, but it's still insane to me that it's almost all over. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad you had an awesome prom night. That was awesome. Makes yeah, me really happy. I'm, I'm really glad. I was really worried that it wasn't going to be, so I'm really glad that it was. Um, I think that's about all the big crazy stuff that's happened. I really like these glasses. glasses that was a birthday, birthday present, present that, that I got. got. They're clouds with lightning bolts, and it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Sorry, I'm such a fucking like like uh, nerd when it comes to these glasses. Um, I, look, I sparked I this. I caught. This is my fault. I caused this. <laughs> You did cause this. Speaking of, the first pair mm -hmm. that Araya ever bought me, whenever yep. Araya came down, and Araya was like, "What? what's your favorite color? And I was like, I like purple a lot. And then I got purple sunglasses, and it was my favorite thing. Yeah, I brought the I, I brought the red ones that I've worn in this podcast a couple times, um, and Jay liked them a lot. So I was like, okay, well, I want my glasses back, but I will buy you a pair. So I, I bought him those. Um, I didn't realize that you were actually going to buy me a pair until you already said, okay, they'll be here on, on like, Saturday. Yeah, they'll like, be here on Friday. Yeah. And I was like, huh? <laughs> but, yeah, um, was... I think that's, uh, I think that's all that's happened lately. Uh, what about you, Uriah? You! Uh, <laughs> you! Um, for me, um, most of my life has just been kind of, um, planning for the future and, and stressing out about, um, about moving because that's something that I'm working on right now. Uh, but I did get to hang out with Teo over the weekend and that was really nice. Um, our My man. Um, I uh, I played some Hollow Knight. Jay, have you ever heard of Hollow Knight or played any of Hollow Knight or seen any of Hollow Knight? I've not. I've not seen any of Hollow Knight. Holy shit! <laughs> I've heard it's amazing. I've played like an hour and a half of Hollow Knight, and I've is got it, nothing. It like it's gonna take me so long. Like there's so much in the game, and I've gotten like nothing. And what I feel like it's it? gonna be one of my. It's a, it's a Metroidvania. Oh, yeah. Shit. Right. I I love it so far. I've played like none of it, and I love it so far. Um, it has potential to be okay. be one of my favorite games. Um, it's up there with Celeste for sure in terms of those kind of like skill based games. 
Um, I'm still excited to play Celeste 2. That's a game that I've always heard is, like, amazing. Yeah, so that's added to the list of games that, like, list of my favorite games, and all of my favorite games, I have not gotten Jay to play yet, like, like the top the top level, top tier games. Yeah, the top Those level, are, like, yeah. Celeste, Outer Wilds, um, and, and Hollow Knight, probably, although it's not, that's, like, a tentative, because I've barely played any of it. I need to play more of it. Yeah. Um, and um, Hyperbolica is like kind of up there, but that might be cheating because it's not like the best game in the world, but it's like a fucking amazing like concept, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's just it's a it's a it's a game I'm about excited. in a non-Euclidean world. <laughs> Hyperbolic geometry. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are those are games that Jay's gonna play at some point in the channel, and apparently so Jay excited. wants me to play Sonic Project 06 whenever that. Pro- yeah, so. Sonic Project 06 is like I I don't know what it's been, but like I was looking through YouTube the other day. And then all of a sudden, the Sonic the Sonic Project 06 came up, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I listened, <laughs> I watched the video, and I was like, holy shit, because I grew up playing the original 06. And I know, worst game ever existed. Game that I am the worst <laughs> game ever, and it's got, like, weird, like, furry shit. Not, not like, furry shit, but, like, bestiality shit. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's a little odd. It's weird. It's weird. Um... I, I wouldn't say, be, but, like, that's how Adam was talking. We me and Adam were debating about it the other day. But, um, I, I, I grew up play, playing the original, and, like, playing that just gave me so much nostalgia. And I was like, dude, I know this game sucks, but in Project 06 form, it works, like, <laughs> insanely well. So nice. that, that, that makes me happy that that's being worked on. As soon as it's done, then you're going to play a game. I need yeah. to ma- get more games for you to play, but I'm so afraid to play games because I don't know which ones you've played and haven't played, so I'm afraid mm-hmm. I'm going to find a game and play it, and you're going to be like, damn, I was going to make you play that on the channel. I'm like, no! You well, know? I mean, it's as simple as sending me a message, but also it's like, you know, I've got plenty of games for you to play. Um, that's true. I mean, you know the, 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 the main games that I want you to play, and there's 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 several like yeah. little ones like... Franbo, I want you to play at some point. I'm going to play the Corpse yeah, exactly. Party series. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. you can always send me a message and... And I'd be like, hey, even what if, about this game? Yeah, and then if it's something I've heard of and haven't thought about, then we'll talk about it. And at any point, like, we don't have to play all of the games on the channel. Like, if there's a game that yeah, you just want to exactly. play on your own, then we can do that. That's fine. Yeah, um, for sure. We'll just have to figure it all out. Yeah, just let me know. Um, yeah, I uh, just, like, but, yeah. I'll send you a message at some point whenever I think about it more. But, yeah, but, like... M- Mainly in my life, I'm just I'm focusing on moving right now because I'm I'm trying to find a place in Ann Arbor, um, which is my yeah. favorite my favorite city in the world, honestly, right now. Um, and I've been researching Ann Arbor lately. I've been having a great time. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to find a place to, to move there, um, and that's going pretty well. I will almost certainly be able to do it. I'm just kind of stressing about figuring out all of, all the details and stuff. And then Jay's gonna come up probably and, and stay with me uh, for a bit, and then depending on how that goes, um, we might be able to get a get an apartment up here, which is gonna be amazing. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sure we'll be able to. I don't yeah. think we'll have any issues living <laughs> together. We might, but it'd be funny. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's uh, uh, I think that's gonna be great. I'm really excited. Now, if you remember, uh, if you remember last uh, podcast, what we talked about for this one is. Uh, the, the, the idea for this this podcast, like the, the meat of it, was going to be um, a three by three for albums, um, which is mm-hmm. exciting and something that I've. We get to do my favorite thing in the entire world and talk about music. Talk about I'm music. Excited. I guess um, I guess I'll start then um, if you want me to. Uh, I'll give a little okay. bit of background because I I frequently talk about how I don't like the person I used to be um, years and years ago. Um, mm-hmm. 
I I don't I wouldn't get along with that person, and that person has very different interests and in, in, than me for, mo- for the most part. Um, and I used to be I used to not like music very much. Interesting. I don't really know. I liked like video game soundtracks and music and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, but I was never a fan of albums or anything. But I think the problem was I just was never exposed to the right music, um, yeah. because at the time I was I was exposed to a lot of you know pop music, a lot of radio music that I didn't really enjoy uh, as much. And I've come to appreciate that genre that that type of music more now. But at that point, I just kept hearing the same songs over and over again and repeat. And like the popular things at the time, I wasn't really a huge fan of. So I kind of stayed away from it a lot and I didn't really get to get to be into it. Um, and so the music that I was really exposed to and listened to sometimes, but even then really only that my dad played was music like the Grateful Dead and, uh, and you know, Bob Marley and stuff like that, stuff that he would play all the time. Shout out the dead, shout out the dead. <laughs> yeah, for sure, the, the dead's great. Um, I have a weird relationship with their music. Yeah, you've got the shirt. I've yeah. got this little cool wooden little steal your face sticker. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I like their music, but not nearly as much as like my favorite bands and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely much more of a chill vibe than I usually listen to, um, which is good in certain situations and stuff. Um, and I also like know like three Grateful Dead songs like by name and lyrics and stuff, but I recognize probably a hundred of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I recognize most of them, but like um, I like only know a few like of what I think of as my favorites, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, so you know, I can't really talk about them on this on this list, but that's kind of my, the only music I was really exposed to that I somewhat enjoyed back then. Um, but then, um, the first time that I actually found a band that I liked a lot, um, oh God, I don't remember if it was freshman or sophomore year of high school, but, um, my, my dad and I went to Top of the Park, which is Ann Arbor summer fest, summer festival, right? Where, um, yeah. every weekend, I think there'd be, um, music, there'd be live music, right? Some band would come and play, right? Um, and multiple would, and it would, it would just be a free festival. You could just walk down in the middle of campus and just, and listen to uh, live music, right? It was, it's awesome. Um, the Summerfest has been canceled for a few years because of COVID and stuff. I hope it's back this year, but I didn't actually look it up, but if it is, we should go to it. I looked it up and it looks um, like it's open. Oh, cool. Awesome. The Summerfest? Yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. Um, but in any case, um, we went to see, I don't remember the name of the band, but some band that my dad liked, um, and we got there very late and we only were able to catch the last song from that band. Right. Um, but there was one more band that came after them and neither of us had heard of them before. Um, but the band was called magic giant, right? Oh yeah. Um, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we were both like, well, you know, we came all this way. We unfortunately missed the band that you wanted to see, but like, Let's stick around for this last band of the night, someone we've never heard of before. Um, the crowd kind of dissipated. People left after the band beforehand, and there was like three people up front at the gate. They looked like they were in a group together, you know? And everybody else was kind of walking around. Um, and we went up to them and like, oh, have you heard of these guys? And they're like, oh yeah, they're great. They're from California, right? Um, and uh, we were like, oh, well, cool, sure. Uh, and you know, we decided to sit up front too, because we're like, okay, that's, uh, you know, we're excited for a band that's just, you know, let's see, see how it goes. They got up here, they had the best vibe. Like, you know, I'm not like a super spiritual person, you know, I don't, like when I say vibe, it's definitely in a more colloquial, colloquial like sense, but just like, you know, like the vibe, right? The vibe of a place, the mood, the atmosphere, it just kind of all like clicked into place. We got to the point where there's like five people up front and like everybody else was kind of wandering around to it being packed up front and people just like swaying back and forth their hands in the air and like just they attracted such the crowd like like because of their music even though nobody's ever heard of them before people came and 
and it got crowded, you know, when it wasn't at the beginning, like which magic, is yeah. one of my favorite, favorite things of all time. And I love their music. Their music's great. Uh, at the time, they only had one album out, and uh, they actually have only recently come out with their second full album. Um, but that album is called In the Wind, and that album means a lot to me, and therefore it is my first album on this list. Uh, it is not the central album, but it is definitely the first one I've heard, because uh, we had talked about, just before recording, that, we're, that we kind of set up the... Uh, the non-center albums as kind of order of when we heard it first to last, you know? Yeah, yeah um, that's what I did, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that ended up being the uh, the first album on here because it's uh, it's fantastic. And a lot of it, a lot of it is, is uh, like, it clicks with me a lot. The first song's called Jade, and this song's got a really unique story behind it, and they told it on stage when they first played it, and it was that um, after one of their shows, uh, before the album came out, but after one of their shows, um, one of their fans walked up to them and was like, your music really reminds me of my, uh, of my um, friend who passed away at 15 or 16, uh, and, and her name was Jade, right? Uh, and kind of talked about how, um, how their music really helped her kind of go through that and stuff. Um, and they kind of had the song that they're working on called, it wasn't titled yet, right? That was kind of about this loss and kind of about this, this friendship um, Right, and it became that song. It was called Jade. Um, hey, Jade, go save the day because somebody out there needs you. Don't stay, I'll be okay because when I'm alone, I'm with you is like the main chorus. Um, yeah. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's a fantastic song. And uh, it's really touching the story that it came from. You know, it came from like um, a fan. So it's kind of a real story, but also what the band wanted to tell, which I think was was fantastic. Um, and then there's Hideaway. Like uh, this, band, this, uh, this band does do a frequent amount of love songs, which is... Some of my least favorite kind of music, um, but they managed to get creative with it to the point I like. Uh, Hideaway is the next one, and just to be quick about it, it's pretty much a love song where the focus of it is, you are the person I can tell my secrets to, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And there's Window, which I think is like the creepiest love song, but it's great. Um, <laughs> it's about sneaking through someone's window. <laughs> yeah. It's 3 a.m., I hope you're home, I want to be with you, so let me in through the window, <laughs> is the beginning of the song. Let It Burn is great. Without going too far into it, it's it's pretty much, in my opinion, just kind of an optimistic nihilist song of, like, things happen, you know? Um, like, like, um, rivers run dry, all right, soldiers may cry at night, bridges may fall, that's life, but um, seasons will turn, so let it burn. It's kind of like, things happen, time moves forward, don't worry, don't get get stuck in the past or the future, just live in the present type thing, things happen, sure. and which, I, which I love the message of in general. Um, then there's Celebrate the Reckless, which I think is a fantastic song that's just this celebratory song about the reckless, you know, about, like, why take, why, why spend life so carefully when you can just be reckless and celebrate and, but reckless in the best sense, you know, in the, in the, the same kind of message of live your life the way you want to, be happy in the moment type thing, you know, which I, I really like the message of. And I think that is definitely a theme throughout the entire album. Uh, Nothing Left is great. Nothing Left, it might be my, might be one of my least favorite ones to listen to, but one of the best ones on the album. Um, it's, the reason it would be my least favorite to listen to is because of how, like, repetitive it is, but it's almost good that it's repetitive. Um, basically, the entire song is, I got nothing left in this world. Without you, I am nothing. Oh, and that's it. That just repeats for most of it. There's a couple of verses, but that's it, right? And it's just, that's the song they would play in, in the middle of the audience with no microphone, you know? And that's the kind of song that is a group of people singing together, you know? That's the kind of campfire song that's just people 
people loving each other, you know, like, and people being happy in the moment with each other and just the group dynamic, the, the idea that a friend, like the pure nature, the, the, the pure ecstasy of a friend group, I guess, you know what I mean? And I, I love yeah. that song. It's great. That album does mean a lot to me. Um, it's 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 very good. It's it's not as good as some of the other ones on this on this list, but it's uh, definitely my introduction to music and uh, a very cool album that I that I enjoy a lot. And it's more of a collection of songs than like an actual like serial like find, like complete album. Um, but it's uh, it's really good. I don't know. It's it's worth checking out if you've not heard it. Um, For sure. Inland Territory is the next one, and it's by Vienna Tang, right? Uh, yeah. So there's a really, really fun story about Vienna Tang, uh, which I'm sure Jay knows. Um, but one of my one of my friends, who I still talk to sometimes, but I don't talk to as much as I used to, um, her aunt is actually Vienna Tang. Um, it's because because her her dad's brother is married to her, um, and so I, so you know I've seen her in person. I've you know seen her play D and D and stuff. She's a really cool person. I, I like her a lot, and um, and her music is 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 really nice. The one critic, the one critique I have about her music, which isn't really that bad of a critique, is a lot of her songs sound very similar. Um, it's that kind of thing where, like, once you've heard like one album, you've heard them all. Um, but different songs do have different meanings and different like gimmicks and motifs and stuff. So like, there is like a precedent for having favorites, you know, um, which is really nice. Um, it kind of feels like all of her music is on one album rather than there being different albums. Uh, that's at least my like perspective on it. Um, however, Inland Territory is the one I picked here because it's got some of my favorites on it, um, and some of the first ones that I've listened to. Um, Stray Italian Greyhound, it's one of my favorite songs by Vienna Tang, one of the first ones I've heard, so definitely check that out. Um, on Spotify, on any, on any music, any music platform, it's Stray Italian Greyhound by Vienna Tang. It's, it's fantastic. I like it a lot. It's, it's kind of about somebody who's given up on love, um, finding someone they love, right? Which is another love song, but it's like a very cre- like I don't know, I don't like a lot of love songs, but there's a ve- there's a select few that are very good um, for specific reasons, um, and like this one, it's like um, oh no, not now, please not now. I just settled into glass half empty. Um, I just settled into the glass half empty, made myself at home, and so I now. Um, I just stopped believing in happy endings. The idea of the song is I just I just came to the conclusion. I just finally was okay with the fact that I was never gonna find somebody. And then you walked into my life, like, why now? Come on, man. <laughs> you know? Then uh, the next album I've got on here is Time's Infinity by Watsky. Um, <laughs> I love Watsky. Watsky's fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite rappers. I love Watsky so much. Um, I don't listen to a lot of rap, um, and not, and it, it is because a lot of mainstream rap isn't, mo- isn't very appealing to me in language, in meaning, and in sound sometimes, but sound is usually the not the problem, you know, if there's a rap artist or album or song I don't like. Um, a lot yeah, of it is, is... Playboy Party, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it's, it is, is more on the, on the meaning and, and, uh, and lyrical side of things, of uh, reasons why I don't like a lot of mainstream rap. Um, but there are definitely, there are definitely exceptions to that, and, um, Watsky is one of, Watsky is one of those rap artists who, um, in all fairness, isn't fully a rap artist. Like, I, I would say rap is his main genre, but, like, he definitely mixes in a lot of other genres into his music. Um, definitely. Um, I like Times Infinity a lot because it's, it, it, it feels, it's the first one on this list that actually is a story, you know what I mean? Um, 
It's the first one on this list that is a coherent album where different parts of it mean different things. It's kind of a movie. Um, one thing that I think is fantastic about this album is Watsky actually made a music video for every song on the album. Um, and released a compilation of all of those music videos as the Times Infinity film, right? Well, it's they say film, it's just all of the music videos together, but it kind of tells that overarching story. Mm-hmm. Um, and For Times sure. Infinity, while there's some, like, like, while there's a lot of songs I like by Watsky from Cardboard Castles, which is another album I like by him, um, Times Infinity is definitely my favorite album um, because of that kind of connectivity, oh. and I do like pretty much every song on the album. Um, w- the highlight of the album for me is the Lovely Thing Suite, which is the last four songs in the album, right? Um, it's Conversations, Knots, Roses, and Theories. I'll make up, um, I'll make up the lovely thing sweet, which is overall is like a 14 minute song or something like that. Um, and they all kind of blend together and it's this really, really lovely story, um, which I won't spoil it for you if you want to listen to it yourself, but it's this really lovely story about him and his father and kind of parallels and, and how their life was influenced by this other historical musician, um, and how his life almost ended. And, um, it's, it's a really good, like, like, um, like nonfiction song. Um, which I like a lot. It's it's very good. It's 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 one of the most beautiful songs I've I've heard, honestly. Um, but there's also some very good ones that are very very poignant, like "Stick to Your Guns," which is um, a fantastic song about um, about school shootings, um, and it's kind of told in three verses from pr- three different perspectives. The first verse is from the perspective of the shooter. The second is from the perspective of the media trying to profit off of it, and the third one's the perspective of the politicians trying to get political gain from it. Um, and it's this kind of really interesting story about about the United States mainly, but I'm sure this happens elsewhere as well, um, and how corrupt these different like you know like the problems that we have with these kind of things, and and how there's 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 a lot that needs to be addressed, you know. Um, sure. And I love that one a lot. Uh, Brave New World is really interesting. Uh, that one's kind of like I, I like it came out around the time of uh, wait, let me actually look at the, look at this videos here to get the exact year. But I believe, not- yeah, it came out in 2016. Uh, so it came out like the Trump election, like era, you know. Um, and one of the lyrics is easy with a ballot. We could put a reality TV personality in DC, right? Um, and, you know, that's definitely a topic of it. And it's just kind of this like how the world is getting worse and like more and more often we keep seeing things that are crazy and like crazier than science fiction sometimes. And it's like this world is just, it's crazy. Like you man, you couldn't write this shit, like, type kind of thing, you know? Um, which I like a lot, and I think it's really interesting to kind of see those kind of things addressed as well. Uh, Talking to Myself is one of my favorite Watsky songs as well. It's this, this very, like, existential song, um, which I can't really go into much more than that, but it's this kind of existential song about um, about how the world is and how people perceive it and how we're just kind of put here randomly, you know? Um, yeah, some of my favorite songs from him. Um, yeah, so I, I do love Times Infinity. I think it's a fantastic um, overarching album, and it's definitely worth a listen. Um, going onwards, um, now we're getting some that I like a lot. Um, this is definitely one of my favorite albums of all time right here. Electra Heart by, by Marina. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Electra Heart is such an interesting album, right? Definitely. Um, because it is that kind of story thing, but it goes further than the story, and it's actually a character, Right? Um, so there's a character, Electra Hart, that Marina um, Marina plays throughout this entire album, right? So every song in this album is about this character, Electra Hart, either from her perspective or you know about her or something like that, right? 
Um, and there's some, not only are there fucking bangers in there, I love a Marina, I love Marina, like, Bubblegum Bitch, you know, is a great one. Um, but there's just so many, like, let me, let me, open, let me get the album, Electra Heart. Welcome to the life of Electra Heart. Oh, Miss Sugar Bay, lick a lick a lips. Hit me with your sweet love, steal me with a kiss. Um, but there's just a fantastic, one, fantastic ones in there. Bubblegum Bitch, Lies, Homewrecker, uh, State of Dreaming, Starting Roll, Power and Control, Living Dead, Teen Idol. Oh, Teen Idol's pretty good. Um, Valley of the Dolls, Hippocrates, uh, Fear and Loathing, Radioactive, Sexy Yeah, Lonely Hearts Club, By the Stars. There's just fantastic songs in this album. Um, there's not a lot of songs other than I say Bubblegum Bitch and and Sexy Yeah, probably. Oh, and Teen Idol that I would like put into my playlist and listen to as separate songs. Um, but this is one of those albums that I would listen to all the way through, you know, um, and wouldn't I would listen to this album from Marina and just as the thing that I listen to, um, because it it feels very complete. It feels like the story of this of this person that reminds you a lot of a lot of people that you might have met in school and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the kind of like reasoning re- reasoning behind somebody like this um, and mm-hmm. kind of how the world makes people like it. Um, Definitely, I think it's a fantastic album that. Um, I love character albums. There's not very many of them, but I love character albums. For sure. Um, not very many of them that sure. I know about. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's fantastic. And then skipping over the middle slot to the one after the middle slot, um, we get the Fall oh, of Hobo Johnson. Oh, you're saving the middle for later. Yeah. Oh, you put the Fall of Hobo Johnson on your list yeah. too? Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 that's the one album that I'm confident we both have, right? Like, yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, that's my that's my the, one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, me too. It's fantastic. Um, that's that's the one on this on this list that I knew you were gonna put as well. Um, I knew yeah. you were gonna put a Watsky album, and I was sure there was, that you were gonna put this this album too. But I, <laughs> it was too important to me not to put it on yeah. there. Of um, course. Uh, honestly, how about how about I skip it then, and we can talk about it together later. Um, I bet. That sounds cool. Sounds good. Uh, so the one after that is Spirit Phone by uh, Lemon Demon, right? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Um, Inharmonics actually was the one who introduced me to this. Um, oh, I yeah, Anhar- probably had heard one of them Demon before. Too. Yeah, but um, but you know they uh, they sat there and listened to all the songs with me at, from Spirit Phone, and I, it was fantastic. I am I love Lemon Demon. I love most of most of his stuff, and mm-hmm. Spirit Phone is just just really cool collection of songs that for sure kind of tell a whole bunch of small stories, um, like. Let me find it. Spirit Phone. There we go. Lifetime Achievement Award. The introduction to Spirit Phone is not like that great of a song, but it's good to listen to like when you listen to the album. Uh, but I wouldn't put that in my playlist. But, uh, but like everything else in here: Touchstone Telephone, Cabinet Man, No White Girl, When He Died, Sweet Bod, Eighth Wonder, Ancient Alien, Soft Fuzzy Man, As Your Father, I express, Expressly Forbid It, I Earn My Life, Reaganomics, Man Made Objects, Spiral Vans. Like all of those are fantastic songs. Um, Cabinet Man was my first, and it's probably gonna oh, stick as my favorite from from. Cabinet Man is my first. Like, it is my favorite. It's my favorite one. Uh, it's not my favorite Lemon Demon sure. song, but it is my favorite Spirit Phone song. I think my favorite Lemon Demon song is actually Aurora Borealis from the Christmas. Honestly, IP. fair. Um, <laughs> is this the first time that you've ever seen Aurora Borealis crush mankind? I love Honestly, that. my favorite um, Lemon Demon song, Two Trucks. Hands two trucks having sure. sex. Two exactly, trucks having exactly. sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Sure, I love reflex. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, but Spirit Phone's just a fantastic album that kind of, uh, if you want to show someone Lemon Demon, um, then and, and like don't want to curate like a phone. list of songs, show them Spirit Phone. Um, 
because it's it's just a bunch of awesome songs that also cover a whole bunch of different like types of Lemon Demon songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's songs like Cabinet Man, which are these like these like really bizarre um, like I- like ideas, you know, a person turning themselves into an arcade cabinet, you know. Um, <laughs> and then there's other songs like Sweet Bod and um, and and uh, Eighth Wonder, right? Which are songs about actual things that like you know what you know whether they're historically accurate or not. They're like things that are myth myths or like Sweet Bod is about this um, this thing that they supposedly did or, or they supposedly did in like China or something about yeah like when like when somebody dies make you eat a whole bunch of honey right um, um like you just eat all, a whole bunch of honey before you die uh, and then once you die you also get like covered in honey and buried and then over like years and years and years your body dissolves into the honey and then the elixir you get supposedly is really like medicinal according to their culture obviously it's probably not um, by that kind of mm-hmm. ingesting that the kind of sweet bod, you're you know like, yeah, it's a really interesting song, but it's kind of about that, which is really cool. And also, Eighth Wonder is very similar. Uh, it's about um, this thing. I forgot the name of the uh, of the of the mongoose, talking mongoose. What's his name? Jeff. Jeff the talking mongoose uh, was a a real like a real myth. Obviously, we don't know if it's real or not. It probably isn't, but. Um, but there's this peop- these people who claim that there was this talking mongoose living in their walls, um, given the name Jeff, and um, that song is about that, like real real life incident of people claiming that and investigating that and stuff. So that's kind of another Definitely. another thing Lemon Demon does a lot is take these like really obscure things and turning them into really good songs. Um, then there's some like political commentary and as your father I explicitly forbid it going into Iron My Life, which is the same character and those two songs actually blend together, um, but it's this this like like old Gen X young boomer kind of like person um, who believes that they earn their life. You know, they have to yeah. like, they don't deserve a good life unless they earn it, you know? Um, and you know, and the, as your father, I expressly, especially forbid it. Like there's no reason. It's just, I said, so um, don't do this because I said, so I'm going to get mad. At you. Don't, you know, like, etc. like that kind of like aggressive, uh, like old Gen X or young boomer person, you know? Um, mm-hmm. which Lemon Demon, which Neil uh, has gone on record saying is not about his father. It's just about like, because there are other people, you know, his father's really great, but some people are unfortunate enough to have fathers Certain like guys. the ones in this song. Yep. Yeah. Um, which I think are, uh, you know, fantastic commentary about that and also like a political commentary about like about that older generation and stuff, as well as exactly. Reaganomics, which is this fantastic song about, um, <laughs> about Reagan, one of the worst presidents of all time. Um, and some of the, some of the shit he's done. Um, and then some like existential horror ones that are also based in reality, like Spiral of Ants. Yeah, uh, Spiral of Ants is fantastic. It's this kind of like kind of song about how ants follow each other with pheromones and stuff. So sometimes it's a real life phenomenon where ants will get stuck in a loop of just like following each other in a spiral, right? Mm-hmm. And when they get stuck in that loop because they follow those pheromones and do not have free will other than that and can't break free, they just end up walking in a circle for the rest of their lives until for they sure. drop dead. For which sure. is an, an existential horror song that you have a real thing. And also, also not only is it an existential horror song about a real thing, but also it is a fantastic metaphor for the state of society in the United States, right? For somebody going to work, going home, and just like kind of the, the average American, like 
like um, infinite loop that is sounds really boring to me. You know, that kind of spiral advance. Like they just I keep agree. walking until they drop. You know, like mm-hmm. in that circle. And it's just a fantastic song. Like Lemon Demon, I think is one of my favorite one of my favorite artists for sure. Um, mm-hmm. He's he just is very good at at, at making. Um, very good at making some of these, uh, making these songs about these, uh, these like various things that I, I think are really, really, really creative and unique to have songs written about. Um, Definitely. So I, I love Spirit Phone. Spirit Phone's like a very good example of that as well, you know, which is mm-hmm. good introduction for, Agreed. for, uh, for him. Uh, and then we're getting to the more recent ones. Um, so the the most two recent ones. Uh, the next one I have is a thousand Gex by hundred Gex. Now. I definitely had heard some of the stuff from this album beforehand, but this is the point where, <laughs> but this is the point where I actually like started listening to the album all the way through and multiple times and started so to much. love it. Um, and this is album. a fantastic album. It's so good. Handcrushed um, by Mallet. Handcrushed by Mallet's very good. I love Get to You. I love um, XX. I would never stop. Um, I love Stupid Money Horse. Machine, the most ironic way. Money Machine is it's great. Um, I. <laughs> There's not much to be said about this album, really. Um, it's this kind of like, well, it's hyperpop, right? Um, it's kind of like the original hyperpop type. Um, of course, I, I, of course, definitely one of the reasons that I'm most endeared, I'm very endeared to it, is the fact that one of the one of the people in the band is trans. Um, but also, I, I just love, I love these songs. I love the way they play with noise, you know, because know. it. It gen like some people don't like it, right? But for me, mm-hmm. like it's not that I listen to these weird noises. It's they it genuinely sounds good to me. You know what I mean? Um, so they play with noise in a way that kind of scratches your eardrums, but like in a, in like a a D itch way, you know, like a scratching a certain itch way, which feels good. Um, it depends on the person. Certain people just can't stand it, but it depends. Yeah, yeah, and that's totally fair. Like it's definitely like uh, I'd say hundred X one of those bands. It's definitely not for everyone. I love them a lot. Um, yeah, I, I just they just they play with noise so well, you know. Like it's not mm-hmm. poorly produced. It's produced very well because of all of the little things that are going on in the song, all of the noises and the exact way they're made and all of that. Like it's it's really impressive, honestly. Um, for sure. And it's really interesting to kind of see them play with noise and come up with this really unique sound uh, that, for me and and a fair number of other people, sounds good. Um, so, and the, like. I wouldn't say there's a lot of meaning behind a lot of a lot like the songs in this album. Um, mm-hmm. There are definitely like metaphors here and there, and definitely things that you know that are touched upon. Um, but in general, a lot of it is just the the vibe of it, which I like a lot, and um, the the type of the, the song. Um, I feel like if their newest, like their next album that they're working on this year, had come out already, that might have been the one on this list. Um, because and songs like Me really, Me Me, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. yeah. Songs like that one are going to be in that album, and uh, that song is so so great. Like it, it has meaning as well, you know. Um, I'm really excited for that album. That's going to be that's like uh, probably my, my most inte- my most anticipated album of this year is going to be that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it might let me down, but I'm 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 excited for it anyways. Um, yeah, I, I love them. They're fantastic. They make me want to want to go into hyperpop and do hyperpop music someday. Um, and then the last oh, one, I'm other than the center one of the fall of Hoppa Johnson, the most recent one that I've listened to is Freshman Year by Hopalong Queen and Slice. I love this. Mm. I love this album. Uh, Teo showed this album to me. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. Um, it is, it's it's somewhat dissonant. 
in the way that it's put together and sung. Um, I know Anne doesn't like it. Uh, Anne doesn't like the way that it's sung and doesn't like the sound of it, which is fine. Yeah. I personally love it. It's It scratches a certain niche that I didn't know I had. You know what I mean? It was this kind yeah. of like really satisfying album that I'm like, oh shit, this is really good. How did I like live not having sound like this before? You know, and it's yeah. this kind of really unique dissonant sound. I haven't heard anything else by this band yet, and I would like to, but I've been told that this album is the best of them. Um, but you know, obviously, I should find that out for myself. Um, it's another one of those albums where most of the songs, like, I, well, I, well, I mean, I would be able to add any of the songs to my playlist and enjoy them. I love all of the songs in this album, but there's also an element of they feel very interconnected. Um, it's also a very sad album. Like, all of the songs are very sad. Um, it really reminds me of someone kind of going through a crisis, you know? Like, with the whole dissonance of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and the sadness of it, and the kind of, like, everything's fine, you know? Um, that it kind of gives off. Um, which I like a lot. Um, but I I love the sound of it. There's a lot of really interesting lyrics in it. Um, mm-hmm. And this is another one of these albums similar to Electric Heart, where I would listen to all the way through as my main consumption of it, right? Um, like, there are days where I'm just like, hmm, I want to listen to Freshman Year, and I just put on the album, you know? And I would do that over and over again, and I'd listen to it in loops. Um, so recently, I've actually been doing that with Freshman, freshman Year and 1000 Gex a lot. Um, but I, I love this album. Um, I don't really know how else I can talk about this album. Um, yeah. It's just something that you should definitely check out. It's not for everyone. Um, Check out Sirens, at least, from freshman year. And if you like that, continue to the rest of the album, because that is the first like, yeah. actual song on the album. Sirens is great. Um, but it is it is fantastic. I, I do love this album. And it's, again, really hard for me to talk about, like, why I love the album. Um, it just it's just this, it just scratches a certain itch, you know? It's just, like, it's a very particular song, sorry, very particular sound that really just works for me, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And that's... And that is super unique, and there's no other kind, there's no other music that I can substitute for it right now. Maybe there will be in the future, but <clears throat> yeah. I understand that. And then of course, who is surprised? My middle album, the one that means the I'm most waiting. to me right now. I'm waiting for it. Is Neo Theater? Neo Theater. That's what I thought. That's what I yeah, fucking right. thought. Like, I was putting money on it literally right before I was like, you know, uh, if I'm going to say anything, it's going to be an H.A.R. album, and if I'm putting money on which one, Neo Theater. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was waiting. I was fucking waiting. So I like OK Orchestra more, right, in terms of songs. But Neo Theater. Neo Theater, yeah. Neo Theater is the best complete album, like, at in terms of looking at the album, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK Orchestra has some amazing songs in it. Like, I think, in general, I like OK Orchestra more than Neo Theater. Neo Theater means more to me because I've, I've, known, I've known it for longer. Um, and Neo Theater's subjects is one that, I, uh, that, I, that matters to me a lot. Um, and... I don't know. It feels it feels like the most story, right? Of the three, of like the four, I guess. But the three good AJR albums. Um, it's it tells the story of somebody who doesn't want to grow up yet, you know? Yeah. Who's kind of in the neo theater, much as this 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 mystical place where you don't have to grow up and become an adult. You know, you can yeah keep your youth. Uh, and I think it's a really interesting exploration of of the hesitancy to grow up. You know. Um, especially with the kind of conclusion that OK Orchestra brings, 
Um, mm-hmm. Which, at least the way I think about it is, well, growing up doesn't necessarily mean, like, growing up. You know what I mean? Um, Definitely. Like, you can still be childish and be an adult. You know, you, you know, like, there are certain things that you, more, more responsibilities you have and more things you've got to deal with. But in general, you can still talk about your childhood. You can still think about it. You can still like things you did as a child. And there isn't really a meaning to growing up other than becoming more responsible, which is the most important part. Um, yeah. And neo-theater is just this, this kind of journey um, through these different things that you hold on to, I suppose, you know, you've got, you know, Don't Throw On My Legos, which is one of the best songs, I think, um, I mean, there's, I like it a lot, I like all the songs in this album, but Don't Throw On My, my Legos, which is literally, like, I'm moving out to a new apartment, but don't throw on my Legos, because I might want to come back, you know, um, and it's kind of hesitancy to, to move on, hesitancy to grow up, and, and, you know, like, the, the conclusion that I have in my head is just take your Legos with you, <laughs> you know, like, you can still play with Legos, um, but it's just this really cool, like, idea i don't know i don't know how to word that but like you know birthday party which is one that i didn't like at first that much but it grew on me the more i listened to it you know um i think the sound of it's really cool it's it's pretty unique Definitely. and it's 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 a little it's a little on the nose but it's about like the innocence of youth and not really knowing how fucked up the world can be you know definitely i bet everything's great i bet this will be great um i still think one of my favorite yeah. memories is us watching um, that live show yeah, that live show was so good. We we sat the there really and it was an online concert and we just sat there and watched it. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was really nice. Um, Neo Theater is a great album. There's some. I like Karma a lot because it's it, it Karma's really resonates with favorite. me. It's kind of that yeah, turning kind out of part two song. So many. Yeah. There's so many good songs. In, there's so many good songs in Neo Theater. Um, I know That's AJR gets a lot of hate, but we don't um, give a fuck. Critics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know AJR has, has a lot of critics and stuff. Um, I like their music a lot. I think it's really meaningful. I love their sound, um, but I understand if you don't like their sound. Um, Definitely. It's probably not for everyone. I think a lot of it, it is very grand. It is very big. They do fill up a lot of space. Um, but I like that sound, you know. I mean, I like slow and, and, and small songs, and I also like really big and grand songs, which I, you know, AJR is good at as well. Um, you know, but obviously it's to each their own. I do think, however, that their lyrics are fantastic. Um, Definitely. I think that they are very good at talking about a concept, and sure, it can be cheesy sometimes, or it can be on the nose sometimes, but, like, that doesn't matter, because they're, cause, like, they're getting this point across, this powerful point of what they're trying to say, and one thing I do like about them a lot, um, especially from the click forward, is they they do songs about things they care about. You know, they Definitely. do songs about certain feelings they get, or or you know, certain moods they get into. You know, like mm-hmm. um, there's songs like you know, hundred bad days, which is when you're in the mindset of you know, I don't care if things go wrong, and I'll have a story about it later. You know. Um, it's okay if everything sucks right now because later I'll be able to laugh about it and tell a story. Which is in a direct contrast to other songs they have, like Karma, which is, fuck, everything's bad, I don't deserve this, why is everything bad, can it just be better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so real to have both of those songs on the same album, you know what I mean? Definitely. Because Definitely. nobody is one of those or the other. Everyone experiences both, you know what I mean? Everyone has Absolutely. days where like, fuck yeah, things may suck, but like, they're gonna be better. You know, like, I can get through this. 
And other times and where it's like, fuck, everything's like, so much, and I can't do this right now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that kind of, both of those feelings are valid, and both of those feelings are experienced by a lot of people. So I like that realisticness. Uh, I like that their songs are about things that we can relate to, and in the and not in the pandering way not in the oh people will relate to this because that's hip with the kids it's a a genuine feeling of the human of the human condition yeah that people exactly can relate they with actually and, felt like that <laughs> yeah which i think is fantastic uh and the reason why i love that album a lot um but i suppose with that we should pass it to you Jay Wilson. All right, I'm a I'm a complete fucking nerd. I know all, all of these albums like the back of my fucking hand. What did that freckle get there? Sorry. Um, <laughs> these are really fucking important to me, and Araya probably doesn't know all of them. Honestly, I'd be surprised if she did. Um, but all right. So let's say in a hypothetical situation, I'm going to take you guys back. I'm going to take you guys all the way back to around seventh grade. It was around I don't know what year it was. Shit. Shit, it was like 2016, 2017. Holy shit. Anyway, so seventh grade, Jay Wilson, I just moved to where I live now. And I didn't have any Wi-Fi at my house, so I, I used to have to ride with my mom down to this library that was really close for public Wi-Fi so I could get my homework done. And my mom used to always play the radio. Obviously, I grew up listening to all types of music and singing and just music in general has always been really important. I, even whenever I used to go to church, like my, and like the church choir, like I was the loudest kid that was there because I just really like, liked singing and music and just in general. Um, but I, it didn't really strike me as hard. Um, obviously there were certain projects that like, I liked like Fall Out Boy, stuff like that. Like I only knew one album from them. It was like a story album that I really liked, but that has nothing to do with the list. I'm just thinking about previous engagements. Yeah, my mom's been listening to music, stuff like David Bowie. Bob Dylan, stuff like that. I've been growing up with it since I was young. Obviously, The Dead. Um, but I'm flashing back to that library. I was sitting there at that library, and my mom turns on the radio, and these guitar chords start playing. It's like, bow, 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 And if you don't know what that is, that's the beginning of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And I was instantly enthralled. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it was about... Maybe it was his voice. Maybe it was just the overall, like, instrumentation. Maybe it was just the vibe or, like, the headspace that I was in. But all of it hit me all fucking once. And I was like, holy shit, this is the most amazing thing that I've ever played. Ever. Um, and Nirvana was one of the first bands I ever really heavily researched like I do now. Where, like, I actually go through and I'm like, how did this album get made? And stuff like that. Obviously, I have the, oh, there goes my camera. It'll fix itself. I think we're fine. Yeah, cool. Um, but obviously there's the Nirvana that's Nevermind. But Nevermind's not the album I'm picking. Nevermind was the first album that I listened to, but the album that I'm picking is their... It's actually their live album, MTV Unplugged. Um, it was just that... Because it was just them acoustically playing a lot of their, their hits and a couple covers that I really fucking enjoy. Um... I really enjoy this entire performance a lot. I love Kurt's stage presence, like his lack of want. Like he, he like his he had an anti-personality of sorts where like he really didn't act like he want he didn't want to be famous. He just wanted to play music and for people to like actually he wanted people to feel the way he felt, but he didn't like all the eyes on him. He didn't like any of it. That's why a lot of the time whenever he was on stage, he didn't talk to the crowd that much. He just like he'd be hanging his head with his hair fucking falling over his face. Um but this album is really fucking important to me because I grew up 
Like, I, I listen to this album so much, and still I come back to it all the fucking time. It's just, his, his voice, just raw, without any studio effects, anything, it's just beautiful to me. It opens with About a Girl, which is, About a Girl is like one of my, it's the first song I ever learned how to play on my guitar. Um, it's got this really cool solo in it and stuff like that. That was off their first album, Bleach. And obviously, Come As You Are, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, a few standouts is The Man Who Sold the World. That's uh, David Bowie. It's a cover of a David Bowie song. And it's one of my favorite covers that's ever existed. It just got such a... It changes the vibe of the entire song, but like in the best way possible. Um, I love covers obviously, like that where, like, you know, where like they aren't trying to replicate the original song, but are trying to transform yeah. the original song, you know? Like, I love exactly. covers like that. Yeah, covers like that are my favorite thing in the entire world. They're like, they, they add their own twist to it, you know? Um, I love the acoustic laid, laid back, and he's just got that yelly, growly type voice that is just, it's, I don't know what it is. It's, it's music to my ears, obviously. Um, but it's got so many good things like that. Some of my favorites are obviously About a Girl, The Man Who Sold the World, Come As You Are, Penny Royalty, Dumb, Polly, On a Plane, Something in the Way. I'm li- literally reading the whole fucking track list. Um, but it's got it's so good. I've, I, I would not be who I am without Nirvana, and I'm very appreciative of Kurt and everything that he did while he was still around. Um, obviously, very important to me. I'm sure I've said that a fucking million times. But moving on from there, that just that entire show, the MTV Unplugged genre in general, there's so many Unplugged shows that are just my favorite things in the entire world. But Back that when was, MTV was actually like music TV instead of whatever Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm just really glad that that album exists. I'm glad all of that exists. I have so many favorites for Nirvana. I could go on for hours about them and how important they are to me, but uh, I'm going to move on. So, flashing forward, I I got into a re- relationship in seventh grade, and the girl that I was in a relationship with, she introduced me to tons of music. These next three albums I would have never listened to if it weren't for her, so um, I'm very, shout out to her, I guess. Um, so, uh, this, is a, this is a band that I'm not sure if Araya is as familiar with, with as me, but definitely knows a few tracks from, and Enharmonics and me have talked about a few times. Uh, this is a... This is Death of a Bachelor by Panic of the Disco. Um, that entire album. Uh, I know that like Brendan Urie is kind of a shitty person. I don't really know the specifics about it all. I know I try to separate uh, from what I'm told recently. Uh, apparently oh, I he said like some tra- apparently he said tra- some transphobic stuff at some point. Oh boy. And like a, I think he said a racial slur at some point. Yeah, it happens. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too but, hurt know, by um, it. But... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sitting here like, oh, it's the end of the. Well, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's a good thing either. But like, it just like this album is still important to me nonetheless because I was sitting there and I was trying to figure out what album was going to go in the top three with because I had two other rock albums and I wanted an album that also represented this time in my life because it was just like a lot of albums like this, like Panic at the Disco and and stuff like that. Um, but how I remember. Like, this girl and me would talk, and I'd be like, what what kind of music do you listen to? And everything that she told me to listen to, I'd listen to. And Panic! at the Disco, I remember, I used to listen to Pandora. I'm not sure why I listened to Pandora. It was awful. Um, but I put on Pandora Radio, and I think it was, like, I think it was it was House of Memories that came up first. And that, that song is one of my favorites 
off of this album. I really appreciate this album. I know a lot of people really don't like it. I know songs like Victorious can get really annoying at a certain point, and a lot of people don't like Crazy Equals Genius. I'm cool with those songs. Victorious isn't my favorite, but it exists, and I can't like act like it doesn't. Um, I'm very happy with the way that it came together. I love the fucking sample on Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time, the fucking Rock Lobster sample. Like a bow, 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 Like, that's one of my favorite things in the entire world. I really enjoy that. Um, I used to, I remember I used to listen to this album on repeat a lot of the time. Like, stuff like, obviously, I've said House of Memories. House of Memories is the standout track on this album and stuff like that. And Death of a Bachelor is still one of those songs I come back to whenever I'm sitting here singing any instrument. I pull it out, and usually Death of a Bachelor is one of the first things I start singing. Obviously, Araya already knows that. Because, like, even whenever like we we're recording sometimes and I get really stressed, I'll pick up an instrument and I'll just start sing belting something because I get really fucking in my head and I want to like relax. Like Whenever we were doing the Jebel fight for Del Delta Room, that's the thing that calmed me down, was pulling out a ukulele and being like, Do I look lonely? You know? Um... Yeah. I really, I'm very, I'm very appreciative that this album exists. Obviously, it's not their best work, but it was their first work that I listened to, and I'm re really glad that I listened to it whenever I did. It affected me a lot. Um, An Impossible Year is, is another standout. Sorry, I forgot to mention that one. Impossible Year hits me in a place. I'm not sure why exactly, but it always does. And I love that I learned it on my piano. All right. I'm really not going as into de depths with these ones, but I feel like later on it's going to get more in depth. Um... Next up is the Black Parade, My Chemical Romance, right? It's tense. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I've I think I've talked to you about this album before. Um, this album it was another really important one to me. Um, I don't know what how when exactly I listened to it for the first time, but I did, and it just like affected me very much. Um, it's one. It's a it's a concept album. The album's about this guy who ended up with with cancer. And he dies, and it's about that entire experience for him. Um, yeah, I heard about the 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 meaning behind the album, but I've only ever actually heard the Black Parade, like Welcome to Black Parade, like that that song. Yeah. Um, um, I have been meaning to listen to my my Chemical Romance. I'm gonna listen to all of the albums that you put onto this uh, at some point, for sure. Good. Um, because Good. I'm very interested. I'm glad. Um, but this album, it's it's uh, it's a fucking trip, man, because it starts with the end. And the end is just, like, talking about, like, obviously the end of his life. And everyone has a different opinion of where he dies within the album. Like, like some people are like, oh, he dies here. No, he actually died there, you know? And, but, like, it's just a, it's a very controversial t subject. I'm not going to tell you when exactly things happen within the album and its story and things like that. But there are so many good tracks within this. Like, Dead. Dead is a fucking banger. And it's one of those things that you can't help but fucking bang your head to whenever it comes on. Um, this is how I disappear and the sharpest lives have such like a it's like such a good duality like going from one to the other like this entire album it does it just like the you can listen to every song by themselves but listening to the whole album throughout is just fucking beautiful man I'm not sure exactly what it is but it just it hits you in a way and just like so many good songs like that and like I, I don't love you where he's talking about the girl that he was in love with before he died and he's just like I don't love you like I did yesterday and I'm like, I, I like that sentiment too with just a lot of different things. Um, I think a lot of relationships would be better if someone would just like admit, I'm not in love with you the way that I used to, used to be, you know, and don't just hold yourself there because you just feel like you need to be there. 
and stuff like House of Wolves is a fucking, like, cackling, maniacal fucking, like, like, you know, it's like the fucking, like, Bo Burnham laugh in the middle of Welcome to the Internet type thing, where he's just got, it's just like, you, you, you're sitting there, and it feels like you're in the middle of, like, a fucking, like, you know, like, in the animated movie, it's like Scar's fucking talking in the Lion King type stuff, you know, where, like, he's fucking, like, it's just so maniacal, and you're just like, you're like, holy shit, um, Cancer is one of those songs that will always fucking make me cry because it's ta him talking about to his loved ones and being like You know just being like whenever I die make sure that you help the people in my life like gra gather my belongings And I'm really sorry that I wasn't able to be there for the rest of our lives, and I'm just like shit that hits um f And famous last words is a great fucking closer to the album and it's just like it's so anthemic and it just it just it's it's beautiful man i don't know what it is but it just like like i don't know i love it i love the the closer to this album it's so fucking good i could go again i could go on for hours and hours and hours but it's just so fucking beautiful man i love this fucking album so much like some of these albums like i don't come back to that same way that hit me the same way but literally like it was maybe a month back i listened back to this album and i was like shit there's a reason this is one of my fucking favorites. Um, Shit, it, is, it actually is good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I, like, like you were saying earlier, my taste has definitely changed a lot. It used to be just rock music, nothing but rock music all the fucking time. Like Three Days Grace, I probably you could play any one of their songs. I know exactly what it was just from the first like ten seconds max. Um, it's kind of a problem, but uh, like I just remember there was a point where it was just all rock music and like sometimes I'll listen back and I'll be like this wasn't as good as it used to be but this is one of those albums that I could come back to anytime and it's always going to come back just the same way like that that's the end of like the whole like rock thing I, there's still like rock elements throughout the rest of these albums but like that's like the end of like my middle school age of listening to music but that I'm still really happy that I had that point in my life and I still listen to certain rock albums it just depends on the day um, next up is, uh, is a band that's really fucking important to me. I really love this band so much. And you're probably going to be surprised this is in the middle. Um, this is, uh, Brockhampton Saturation. Um, I, I think I've talked about the importance of Brockhampton in my life a million different times throughout, throughout our careers on this pl fucking platform. Um, but this album is probably their best work. It's not, like, it's not, like, I don't know if it's specifically my favorite, but this is the thing that made it that I was like, shit, these guys are something. Like, this is something that I need to pay attention to. That ex-girlfriend that I was telling you about, one night I was texting her, and I was laying back in bed. This is after we'd broken up and everything. We used to just talk about music because we both cared about it a lot. And she was just like, you ever heard of Brockhampton? And I was like, no, not really. What? Who are they? And she was like, put on 1997 through 1999. Like, that's an EP that they released. It's three different singles. And those singles were great. And I was like, holy shit, I need to listen to more. And Saturation was the first album I listened to. The Saturation series was a set of albums that they, within a year, they released three different albums. Saturation 1, 2, and 3. And Saturation, the first one, I remember I used to take these long bus rides to school because I live up on the top of a mountain. It's about like an hour off bus ride from the fucking school. And I used to put on albums to keep me keep me company while I'd be sitting there like waiting for the fucking ride. But this fucking album, like it, it like every single song hits me. Like I love it. I love the fucking opener. Like th this whole album is just lightning in a bottle. They have like 
I don't even know. I think it's like six six to eight different like lead, lead vocalists within, but there's like 30 different people involved within the actual collective, which is insane to me. There's so many people, there's so many different like atmospheres. Everyone has a different background within music, so everybody sounds different even on the same beat. It could be like, holy shit, like th- I didn't even realize that they were gonna go that direction. Um, but the, the opener heat is such a fucking like like gangster rap rap type fucking song. Like uh, it opens with a bop bop bop, and like I remember the other day I was listening to it and I hear like the bop bop bop, and my sister opens the door on fucking beat with the fucking song, and I jump, you know, um, because like that song songs like that. I love it. He, he's literally ta- like even in the beginning. Like I'm not a big fan of ta- sitting there talking about, like I lo- I got pipe dreams of crack rocks and stripper poles. It's the fucking intro to that song, and it's just like I I'm not a big like like into like the whole like holy shit I'm out here doing all these drugs doing all this crazy shit. But like I don't know like but they, there's substance to it, you know. Like there the, for every thing like that, there's also another thing. Like from that. Like, in that song, I love that fucking energy. It's supposed to be, like, that braggadocious. Like, holy shit, we're out here. Fucking listen to what we have to say. It was the first single they dropped for the album, too. And I'm sitting... I Like, I love the ending with Matt Champion, his ver- verse, where he's just talking about how he's got, he's gonna be fucking big and famous and all that. And I just love that energy. Whenever I want, like, to be confident, I put on songs like this to make me fucking get feel like I'm bigger than I am to try and, like, you know, keep that energy about me. Um, there's song, but for song, every song like that, there's another song, like, at, near the end, there's Milk, which is a song where every single member gets really, like, intensely, like, into their lives. Like, um, like, Amir, who isn't in the band anymore, I know some people are gonna be like, oh, you only picked this album because Amir was still in the band. He was, a he was really shitty to women, so they kicked him out of the band, which, very good on the band for that. I'm really glad that they did, because he was a founding member, and I really didn't expect for them to actually, like, kick him out like that. But it was good, because, like, whenever you do shitty things, you should have consequences, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that this album is great because he's on it, I'm just saying this is great because it was one of the first albums, and I don't know. There's so many good things, but anyway, back to Milk. Amir has his verse where he's talking about how, well, I mean, it makes more sense in contact now, but, like, he's talking about like, how, like, some people know some things about his past and how it, like, affects him a lot. And now we realize how, like, fucked up it actually was. But then Merlin comes out and he's talking about how it, how his family doesn't support that he dropped out of college for music. And how he was, whenever he went to college to actually, like, be there. Like, they, like you, it's funny how you get these letters and they make you feel accepted until you walk around campus and you're the only African. You know? Like, stuff like that. Like, you know, like, all these letters are telling them him that he was going to be so accepted, but he's the only, like, African-American person there, which is mm-hmm. insane. And, like, Dom's talking about how he feels lonely and how, like, the girl that he was interested in is, like, it, it because she's getting better mentally, he knows that he can't be in the picture anymore. And, there's it, like, even within one song, you can hit so many different things, and it's insane to me, and I love it. And, like, for every song like that, there's also... I don't know. There's just so many good tracks. Like Trip is just a a, a fucking funny song, where he's talk, like it just like there's just so many fucking good songs on this album. I really love like stuff like Heat and Boys and Star and uh, Bank is a really good track. Trip, like I said, Bump, Cash, Milk, Face, and the closer. I have to talk about this. His name's Bearface, is the guy who does the closer. I think I've talked to you about Bearface before. But he's got one of the fucking most amazing voices of all time. And the way he plays guitar and, like, solos, it's just, like... 
it hits me like my it scratches that ear in my brain like you were talking about earlier. It's just so good, like his voice, and he's got that falsetto setto to him where he and he closes every album of the Saturation trilogy, and it's just like it's beautiful, it's pretty, like it's just him and his guitar, and every al every song on this album has all the boys, and Bareface isn't anywhere within the album except for the fucking closer, and it's fucking beautiful whenever he comes in with the. With, with that fucking guitar, you hear that first chord and you're like, shit, this is not the same as everything else. Because it's just him. He produced it all, all by himself. And it's it. beautiful, man. I love it. I love whenever a collective gives one guy free reign for the closer of an album. Because it's perfect. And it just, it hits you so emotionally. Because he's talking about his girl, like, cheated on him. And how, how it made him feel and stuff like that. Um, and that's just, that. that's all of Saturation 1, and I could go on about all of Brockhampton's discography. I really appreciate their records a lot. Anyway, moving on, mo skipping the center one, because, you know, that's going <laughs> to be, be used for last. Uh, th this next album was one that's a lot more recent. It's within the past couple years. This is uh, Punk 2 by Break-Ins. Um, Breakins is a really important artist to me. Me and my little sister discovered him at the exact same time because one day I was sitting in my room and I, I scroll through YouTube and I put on different songs and stuff like that just trying to like keep my ears open to see if there's anything that I'm missing. And this song comes on called Dropout and it's, and it's like him talking about how he dropped out of college and how it makes him feel so free and like happy in his life because he's finally able to pursue music and everything. And it just hits you. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, holy shit. And I was so scared to listen to this rest of his discography because I didn't want the rest of it to not be as good as that. You ever had that with an artist where you <laughs> find one good song, and you're like, yeah. holy shit, I'm terrified that the rest of their so songs aren't going to be as good as this song is. Like, I literally told my sister that, and I was just... But it kept recommending me another song from that album. And I was like, damn it, looks like i got to try another song. And it was just as good. And I was like, son of a bitch, I'm in. I listened to the whole fucking album <laughs> for a good few months. I sat there and listened to these al this album. I remember that whenever I first found it, me and N used to have these 4 a.m. calls, and I used to talk to N about it whenever I first found it. I was like, holy shit, listen to this. It's beautiful. And I loved, it. I love his vibe. I love this the songs that he puts out. Dropout's a great a great song where he's talking about again dropping out of college and like everyone thinks he's talking I mean, He says he's dropped out whenever he was 17. I think he just got to college early But like everyone thinks he's talking about <laughs> dropping out of high school if he was that'd be fucking stupid um But that song's fucking beautiful. I love that wow. energy of feeling free. Well, I mean I don't know dropping out of high school is a bad idea is all I'm saying um, um, It depends. I mean it depends on who you are like if you're the kind of person who can get a GED and well, yeah, needs to be done with high school. Then that's better. But well, um, yeah, don't drop out of high disagree. school unless you plan to get a GED. Um, that's what I'm saying. Don't don't just honestly, drop out of high a GED school before and, you drop out. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah. But there's stuff like that. And FWB is that's short for Friends with Benefits, where he's talking about the how toxic mm -hmm. hookup culture can be, and how much that oh, bothers agreed, him. Yeah. Ro Rosier is one of these most beautiful like songs. He's got this beautiful fucking acoustic guitar. He's got this stripped version of it, you know, like where it's just the acoustic guitar and him that he's played before, and it's so fucking pretty. And it's like, and there's too many people that I have done wrong in that. I owe my thanks to for sticking along for me. That's the chorus, and like it, <laughs> it's so pretty. 
I love that energy of like, I'm so thankful that all the people have stuck around me in my life, even after all the shitty things I've done, after all of it. I love him talking about the girl that he used to be interested in because I was going through a breakup whenever I found this album too. And I was just like, I felt that energy of just like being like, I can't believe it's over type stuff. And at the end, there's this huge fucking like bass, bass, like a bump, bump, bump. And like literally just him screaming by the end of it. It's so, so good on certain out tracks on this album where it's literally just him fucking screaming by the end because he's so fucking frustrated and done and i just love that energy so much i've i've uh ginger tea is another one of those tracks that i like a lot and a bonus track off of it sauce in the rough that just like it's just again one of those braggadocious like i'd be looking all stylish type beats you know <laughs> yeah um i love stuff like that and I, and just this whole album it means so much to me i love every every song off of it like i said i've I, i'm trying to only hit the ones that mean the most to me when it comes it comes to the out al these albums but like all of them mean the most to you <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. like it's, it's but i'm just really glad that i found this album it's another one of those hyper pop albums i love it i love his voice i love the pitch shifting of it all i'm excited for his next album and project to come out because he's been releasing singles for it and it sounds like it's going to be a really good fucking time um that's exciting but yeah, I think that's all for Punk 2. I'm really glad that I found that. Um, next up is... Uh, so this is From Me to You by Quadeca. I don't know if I've talked to you about, about Quadeca before. Um, but this is another one of his albums. Quadeca is, an, is a rapper, right? Mm -hmm. um, I found this album right around the same time that I found the, actually the fall of Hobo Johnson. But it came out literally last year in 2021. Uh, the exact date is uh, March 30th, 2021. I remember I listened to it the day it released. Um, but there there was this single that came out called Sisyphus, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know and I don't know if you know the st story of Sif Sisyphus, sorry. Um, I do, <laughs> mostly because of Hades, but yeah. The, like, the yes. <laughs> but yeah, Sisyphus is like, for people in the audience who don't know what it is, it's this guy who cheated death. And his punishment was to pu mm -hmm. eternally push a boulder up a, up, up a mountain. And he's using that as an, a, yep. like a fucking... He's using it as a really cool metaphor about his life and how he feels like he's constantly pushing a fucking boulder up a mountain. Sometimes how he feels like he just needs to let the rock roll and stuff like that. And it's just like... It's so emotional because he's talking about like this his ex-girlfriend that he used to be in love with and how she isn't around him anymore and how he misses her sometimes. And he's talking about... Like, so many different things. He's, he's talking about, like, deaths of, like, friends of his that he's had that, like, really affected him. And, like, how he's just... It feels like he just has to keep pushing the rock up the mountain. He was a YouTuber first, and he just completely fucking shattered the idea of a YouTube rapper with this album. Because it's just fucking art. It's beautiful, <laughs> and I love it. Nice. Um, I love songs like uh, Smiling awesome. at the Ground. Smiling at the Ground has, like, this really poppy-type chorus. And he's literally talking from the perspective of like, first he's talking from the perspective of his fans being like, being like, you know, I, I want you to be happy, but only if it's for our sake, you know, like where the fans like want, like they want, they pretty much want the artist to be in pain so they make better art, which is really fucked up. And how he, and he talks about that and how like he talks from the perspective of the audience and being like, like, I just want to relate to your heartbreak. Like whenever he's in a happy, healthy relationship, how the audience just wants it to end so that he, they get, can get a banger love, like, breakup song out of it and stuff like that. And then talks from the perspective of the fucking, like, the the labels. Like, the labels are sitting there and they're just like, I can, pr we can profit off of your death. So, like, if it happens, oh, well, 
type stuff. It's really fucked up. And how he feels like he's just like, he doesn't feel like he's respected because he's a YouTube rapper and stuff like that. I love stuff like that. Um, yeah. Stuff like, uh, maybe another day where he just, like, he's just talking about how he can't get out of bed most days because he just doesn't feel like it's like, you know, and that's just like a feeling a lot of us have. A lot of us feel like we can't just like get out of bed sometimes because everything can be just way too much. And if we didn't, weren't forced to, then we wouldn't get out of bed. Um, it's just like stuff like that. And people pleaser where he's talking about how he is a people pleaser and how he does everything in his life for other people and how he needs to fucking relax with that, which is something that I definitely also need to do, which I've been working on doing. But like I related to that a lot, especially whenever it first came out. And just this overall album, I'm really glad that it exists. It's a rap album. It's got some really like industrial aspects to it mm-hmm. and certain pop aspects. It's got so many different things and so many different levels. And the production is just so fucking next level. Like it just does. And he do, do, did like almost all the production by himself is the insane part. He does I, like I love these artists. Like Breakins also does that too. I forgot to mention that. He did all the production by himself too. But like stuff like that is just fucking beautiful. And I love it. I love like whenever the artist has the final say on every fucking cut it makes me so happy and like getting their full like thoughts and they don't have to worry about a label because he's an independent artist he just talks about labels because they talk to him a lot and how he feels and like he talks about on the album how he feels like some labels copy what he does because he does certain things and they work so the labels start doing it for their artists which is awesome and I love stuff like that whatever you pioneer shit and then even like big corporations are like holy shit we need to be doing what he's doing um yeah stuff like that's beautiful um, anyway, I think that's from me to you. I think that's all that I need to say on that. That album's great. Check, definitely check it out. Please check out all these albums. They're so good. I'm talking to the audience <laughs> and you also, Araya. They're great. Um, oh, for sure. Okay, so, uh, speaking of that mutual album we were talking about, either The Fall of Hobo Johnson by Hobo Fall Johnson. Fall of Hobo Johnson. So, so let's talk about the let's give some background real quick. Hobo Johnson was a guy mm-hmm. who grew up in Sacramento, California, and the thing the reason that he's named Hobo Johnson is because he got kicked out of his house by his parents because he wasn't doing jack shit with his life. So he sat he he used to live in his van and like just overall he people called him Hobo Johnson because he was just like all like he was literally just living like out he was homeless pretty much. Um yeah. And his first project was the... And he learned how to do music because he wanted to do something, anything, other other than, like, yeah. other stuff. Because like, he was originally just sitting there playing video games, then he learned piano, and he was like, shit, I could do something with this. And then he did, and his first project was the Rise of... No, it wasn't the Rise of Hobo. Wait, was it? Was no, it, it was, no, it was one that is no longer available. No. Um, oh, wait, yeah, at first it... What's this? But his, uh, first, his first album was, like... Uh, I don't even remember. It was something out, out of the van or something like that. Um, yeah. Because he produced the whole thing the inside his van by himself. Hobo Johnson's 94 Corolla. That's what it was. His first mixtape was Hobo Johnson's 94 Corolla. And that's a really good... Like, it, it, yeah. it, he did, does it by all by himself. And then it's The Rise of Hobo Johnson, which is another good, great project. I know Arise is not as familiar with it as The Fall, but it's a really good project. I yeah. love songs I, like 3% I like the rise. and Jesus Christ. I like Jesus Christ a lot and 3% where he talks about how there's only a 3% chance of him being uh, famous. And, I, and he's like, it's a lot more than that in my mind. I'm like, shit, I agree with that. 
Um, but now we get to the album that's the most important to me. That's The Fall of Hobo Johnson. Um, so this album is just a beautiful. I remember f first finding Hobo Johnson. It was one of those things where, again, I think, I think I he just came up in my recommended. Like I saw Peach Scone in my recommend. No, it was Mover Aware. It was Mover Aware was my first Mover song. Aware. And it was it was the live it was the live version too because I kept getting it recommended to me. It was literally right after that big breakup that I talk about sometimes. And I remember like it gave me that moment of clarity where I was like, shit, everything's gonna be okay. Mover Aware gave me that, and I'll never forget that feeling of like, holy shit, everything's gonna be okay. Nice. Um, but mm -hmm. Mover Aware is like the most poppy. It's like such a poppy and nice song. I love it. Like the fucking. Fucking, you make my Ruby Tuesdays taste like Benny Hanna's type shit is yeah. beautiful. The opener of this album, I probably should have started with the opener, is typical story, where he's just talking about all these different things. It's beautiful. It's very good. Uh, it's so good. I love, I love that fucking. He's just talking about all these different stories about like they can be sad stories, upset. This is the typical story about the bassist who killed the drummer stuff like that something yeah. the guitarist and somebody f find out they're in love with each other i haven't heard that song in so long but it's so guitarist good and the singer find they're in love with each other yeah there it is the story of the dad i don't remember the kid just wants to but like wants to make a record and i love how he mixes his own experience it. too because he's He's like he's talking about how like in that first song he's talking about how his he's making his own project and he feels like nobody really cares, but there's so many yeah. good ones, like there's stuff like that. I love, I love that like I love the guitar on that song. I love how it sounds like something Beck would have made back in his early days. I don't know if you've ever listened to Beck, but he came out in the '90s. Um, but he's got some really good stuff like that. I love Ugly Kid. I know that's like one of the, like the the softer songs on the album, but like but I'm an ugly mm -hmm. kid. And yeah, ugly enough good. not to not want to exist, stuff like that. It's so good. Ugly enough to not want to exist, yeah. And then you and the cockroach. You and the cockroach is beautiful, man. I love that fucking. <laughs> you and the cockroach is such a funny fucking song too. Like he's just talking about yeah. like how they came up with religion and, and then that made war and then it made and then it made nukes and then we all got nuked and then the cockroaches came because you know cockroaches are the only thing that survived nukes and they come back and then they they do they like evolve into human form type things and they're wearing lab coats and all that it's just like it's got such a meaning behind it i don't know and how it it just it's it's <sighs> almost the political commentary the cycle yeah it's yeah it's almost political commentary in a way um I like Subaru Crosstrek and how he's talking about how he wished he could afford a bit, like he he wished he could afford a Lambo, but he's not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's Subaru amazing. Crosstrek. Yeah. I, 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 it's it's pretty. I could have bought a Lambo, <laughs> but I'm not quite there yet. You know. Yeah. Um, I like that he's so transparent with the things that he says and how like all of his fucking like lines they mean something moonlight is perfect because it brings so many songs together into one fucking fucking thing moonlight, i don't know moonlight, moonlight is one of my favorite. favorite songs by hobo johnson like moonlight like, like it's one of my favorites it, it brings in so many different lyrics from other songs and it also has its own vibe too which it's is really so great and i love it moonlight. so much I, I love the the kind of chaoticness of it you know like how Agreed. unorganized it is, and I, that, I think that's the charm of it. You know, I think some yeah. people like find it messy, but I think it's messy on purpose. You know, yeah, um, for sure. Like, 
like the, the the singer, the, the the person whose perspective it is in the song is clearly in this kind of scattered state, and it it really Definitely. reflects that. Yeah, um, I really love that song so much. I think happiness is a really important <sighs> song. I love happiness as well. Happiness is also my favorite. Song. Happiness has this really sweet piano, and it's it's like it's got this. I hope little... that you find happiness. Sorry, but like that's that's that little sweet piano bit. Don't don't sue me. I I played it myself. I'm not using your instrumental. <laughs> fuck you. Um, but you know it's got that really sweet piano to it. He's talking about and he's so fucking open that he talks about how he was shitty to this girl and he, he was like, like whenever she talked about writing a book, he's like, like it's gonna take like eight really fucking shitty books to find one good book. Yeah. And and how, talking about how it made her upset. And how he feels like shit and how she's going to prove him wrong and all that. I just love that energy. I love how, how he's just so yeah. open and honest and, like, straight up you with... you find happiness. Yeah. And the book you write's magnificent. Stuff like that, you know? I love it. I love that fucking energy. I, I just love how raw his his energy is and how, like, you feel it. Like, I've cried to this album probably way more times than I care to admit. Um... <laughs> Yeah. I found it in a really dark place in my life, and I'm really glad glad that I did. And then it comes to all in my head. All in my head hits me all in my feels. Down out, bound in my head. All in my head. All in my head. But you know, it, it, it's it's him delving into how he feels like a lot of it's in his head. Um, he's got this thing yeah. where he talks about. He, he's just talking. He's just ranting and raving. He's talking about... In the chorus, he talks about they, they sell water soon enough, they'll sell air. They sell dirt and nobody they even cares, you know? They sell water soon enough, they sell air. They sell dirt and nobody even cares. Someday, someone will buy the whole fucking moon and then charge to change the tides and you will pay. And you will pay. But that's so good, dude. I can't. Yeah. I can't get over that. I love that fucking amount of, like... You know? I just, like... It's so good. It's so beautiful to me. I, I've listened to that song so many times, like, sometimes whenever I feel like I'm getting really in my head, I put on that song to try to, like, get out of my head somehow. Sometimes it makes it worse, but I still come back to it every single time. Um, I loved Ode to Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> I think, it, I think that song's really great. I love the, oh. just him talking, talking about how he feels like Justin Bieber was just looked at from a young age and how it's okay for him to fuck up sometimes because he was a fucking kid. Who doesn't whenever they're a fucking kid, you know? He's talking about yeah. how, like, how, like, he threw eggs at his, Justin Bieber threw eggs at his neighbors and Hobo Johnson threw rocks and nobody even fucking cared. And how, like, he, he, he like, ju- everyone cared, his, how, his, Hobo Johnson's mom cares more about Justin Bieber's albums than he does Hobo Johnson's, than she does Ch- Hobo Johnson's albums and stuff like that. Yeah. And I love the, the ending, too, because it has this really pretty, like, piano bit that comes from Jamesy. From that song, See You Again, I told you about, Araya. See You Again yeah. is a, a song by Jamesy and Hobo Johnson, but it comes back as, like, a little, like, ending bit for Ode to Justin Bieber. Because it goes from, like, this really, like, big and upbeat to, like, You'll always ho- leave a hole in my heart And memories in my mind to discover mm-hmm. Like, it's so pretty, and I love it so much. It, it hits <laughs> me. I I've love that so much. I think the most emotionally hitting song on this album is February 15th. Um... um e- either that or, like, Sorry My Dear. I think I Sorry My Dog. Dear, but... 
<laughs> I think February. I think I think in a love perspective, February thirteenth hits the hardest. Fair. He's just talking. It's just him, him and the guitar, and I love how he used a, a live recording of this song for the album. Yeah, it just makes it that much more raw. I, I, I think I was just over exaggerating. I just remember how emotion. It's all of his songs are so emotional. So sometimes I think about one and then I forget another exists, and I'm like, holy shit, that's even even harder. Yeah. But February 13th, him just and the guitar, it's just like, it goes from an F major 7 to an A minor to an A minor 7 to an A minor again. But it's got this, it's really fucking, like, uh, it, it hits you because he's just talking about how he feels like he's going to be alone forever and how he's okay with that up until it's really late at night and then he's not anymore. Yeah. Um, And that's really fucking sad. But sometimes I feel that energy, so sometimes I listen to it, and sometimes I play it, and I'm just like, shit. Um, I talk, speaking of Sorry My Dear, Sorry My Dear is the next track. I love Sorry My and Dear. That, Sorry My Dear might be my, fav- might be my favorite one on the album, like, honestly. That's, I've cried to that song. It, it, it's just him talking Me too. about... He's just like, I'm so sorry. Like He's like, if I end up like dying, then I'm sorry, my dear. Yeah. Um, he, talks, he talks about, like, in detail, like about like like wanting it's like borderline suicidal if not it is suicidal it's suicidal ideation um, yeah yeah um he's talking about how like slip my slip my perfect throat it's got this like auto tune on him and it's if I don't like feel better in the next 10 years then i'm sorry my dear then i'm sorry that exactly like dude i don't do better in the next 10 years and Sorry, my dear. I'm sorry, my dear. And he's just so raw and he's so emotional. It just hits you and you're just like, oh my God, somebody give this man a hug. Yeah. Um, I love that song so much. That's probably the most emotionally hitting. And I think... There's a bullet through my chest. He just talks about so many different ways of, like, death. And it's just like you're sitting there and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those songs that you walk away from and you're just sitting there and you can't stop, you, you're still processing. Yeah, for um, sure. And I Want a Dog is the last track, and th- I think this might be my favorite track. Um, if you've never listened to Hubba Johnson, listen to I Want a Dog first. Yeah, this is the <laughs> song that I used to try to get people into Hobo Johnson. Yeah. I, I, I unfortunately used Peach Scone on Araya first, so it didn't work the first time, but then I used yeah. I Want a Dog. I love Peach Scone, but that wasn't a, that wasn't the best first track. But then I used game. but then I used I Want a Dog and then it worked. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but I Want a Dog is just him talking about how he wants his life to be perfect and he wants to he wants a dog that's gonna talk to him and tell him how great he is and how he wants this perfect life and perfect wife and a perfect you know, kid loves to talk about the day that she had I want a house um yeah that's on it, it's got so many good fucking like yeah. it's it's so good I love the metaphors that he uses I love how he's over like he he, has, he keeps bringing himself back down to earth from all these crazy fucking fantasies by being like no you just want a dog, a dog. you just want a dog like he it feels like he's he's bringing himself back down to earth and it's so good yeah, um, he keeps going on and on about the things he wants and the things that would make him his life perfect. But he he, he he realizes that he just needs to ground himself. He needs to. He wants a dog. That's what he wants. But like also a lot of other stuff would be himself. nice. But wait, no, he wants a dog. You know. And that's why I'm glad. The kind that, of unrealistic and, and nature of dreams and. Yeah. I love how in his next project he has a dog that comes up in the album. Um, yeah. 
Um, so like he got his dog. Um, but you know, I'm really that that project is is definitely one of the most emotional projects I've ever listened to. It always hits me in the right way, just like that. God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'm a big fan. Moving on. I love Hobo Johnson, and I hope that he, he comes back with something better than The Revenge. I'm sorry, The Revenge just wasn't that good, in my opinion. Yeah, um, it was just fine. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't very good, but it was fine. Hobo Johnson yeah, alienated science was weird, though. <laughs> it didn't live up to fall, the fall, and I, I, no. I know that that's like an unfair standard almost, but like he, I know he can do better is why I'm upset mm-hmm. with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, anyway, moving on. Is there anything else you want to say on the fall, or can I move on? Nah, you, you pretty much covered everything. <laughs> cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to take over that whole fucking subject. Oh, I just, no. Like, had a no, lot. Right. I mean, no, you're good. I just I mean, I, I, yeah. I know. I, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to, like, take over conversations like that. Um, no, of course not. No, I, I mean, no, no, don't worry. All right, cool. Just right, making man. sure that you weren't sitting there like, I was going to say that, you prick. Um, <laughs> no, of course not. It's fine. You can beat me up. I'm an adult it. now. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway, moving on. This is the last album before the centerpiece, and this is Wolf by Tyler, the Creator. I've been talking a lot about Tyler lately. Um, mm-hmm. This was the first album I listened to from him because there was a, I, was just, I was scrolling through TikTok, and this the his verse from Rusty came up, and it it I was just like holy shit that's that's nice, I really like because he's got such a fucking voice and he's he has so much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like his value of independence. I've listened to so many different interviews and stuff. He cares so much about people being independent and like doing what they want to do and not doing what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many good songs on this. I love the song Answer. Answer is a song that he wrote because he doesn't have a dad, just like me. Um, but he's got this. Uh, he's talking about how if he ever got the chance to call his dad, he hope he he hopes he'd answer. And yeah. how he's ta- he's talking about how he's stoked that his dad's gone because he wouldn't have done all this crazy shit that he's done within his career if his dad had still been around. Yeah, that's fair. And it's a messed up. It's a messed up sentiment. Don't get me wrong, but also at the same time, like it's true. You know, like, you don't there's get to song. drive for stuff like that if you're, everything's so comfortable. I don't remember the name of it, but there's a song uh, that I, I have listened to a few times that was really good that is kind of these hyperboles about someone's life, but, like, about how... And it's, it's really weird-sounding, and I, I like it a lot. It's great, but it's, like... But it kind of comes back to, I'm glad my father tried to kill me. And it's really mm-hmm. fucked up, but it's, like, a really interesting and good message. I, I like that song a lot. It's pretty good. I'll show it to you later. But. Yeah, I, I disagree with the sentiment of, of I'm glad about the bad things that happened because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and working towards what I'm working towards if it weren't for all yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that song Answer always hits me. I like Colossus a lot. Colossus is a song where he's talking about how he it feels like it, like he, he was at Six Flags once and he got jumped by like a bunch of different fans and he just wanted to get on a Colossus, you know, like the ride there. I've never been to Six Flags, but that's what he was talking about. And how, he's talking yeah. about how he's so pissed off that he wasn't able to go get get on Colossus because there's so many people like dogpiling him, being like, hey, hey, we need pictures. And he's just like, geez, man, I just want to live my life. Um, I liked, uh, I like that he, he starts talking about the obsessed fan from their perspective and start talking like in detail about how, like, they get so obsessive and how much it, like, bothers him. And I think that's such an interesting thing. 
I love stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and Rusty, like I said, that's the first song, but he that's that's the best Tyler verse ever. Uh, no one can convince me otherwise. Rusty is Tyler's best fucking work because like it, he's got two <laughs> other features, and his first song, like the first feature, is fine because it go, it's a uh, who all is on it. It's a uh, where is it? It's Domo Genesis and Earl Earl Sweat, Sweatshirt Bleh. but Tyler's verse specifically hits me the hardest. Because he talks about so many different things. He talks about how he doesn't feel like anybody's really thinking for themselves in the rap game. Like, all of them have stylists, and everybody has so many different things that they need. He, he talks about how he feels like people are twisting his message whenever he says things. Because he used to say a lot of brash things just to get the shock value out of people, and people thought he was a horrible person for it. Um, yeah. People were talk- how, He talked about how people thought he was homophobic at the time because of, like, certain things that he said, even though it came out after that that he was like bisexual and stuff so like he obviously wasn't really homophobic um but like hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously um yeah he talks about how he how like earl sweatshirt's mom like like because they were an odd future together earl sweatshirt's mom like literally like was like so anti-tyler for so long even though like he, even though tyler's the reason that earl sweatshirt was able to make it the way that he did there's just so many good things. And he talks about how, like, he feels like... Like, he gets so stressed out with music and everything. He feels like he just needs to go, like, purchase a shrink, record the session, and send all you motherfuckers a link. Bitch. You know, like, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. Like, like listen, man, I'm just gonna go purchase a shrink, record the session, and send all you motherfuckers a link. Like, I just love that. That line is just yeah, one of my favorite that's, things that's cool that he's line. ever said. I love that line so much. But he's just, like... He's just so done at certain points, and it's not. I, I don't. I don't even know if this is my favorite album from him, but it's definitely the first, and definitely it hit me oh, really hard. I like this one in Igor. Igor's his most recent project, and it's a lot more like popish, and I like it a lot. Um, I think that's that's all for Wolf. I just really like that album, and I'm glad it exists. I know I say that for every album, but I mean that. So anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The centerpiece. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Do we have any any guesses what the centerpiece is going to be? Um, I can't think. I, I don't. I don't think so. No. I mean, that's honestly fair. A lot of the, a lot of the ones that I, I I like could have guessed, like Brockhampton or stuff like that. But you've already said. So I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Or Nirvana or things like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. So, so the centerpiece is another live album. Um, this is John Mayer's Where the Light Is. Um, gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I, the centerpiece always is changing, um, but this album <laughs> is the current centerpiece. Um, I love this live album so much. I think I've said this a million times. John Mayer is one of my favorite guitarists, and he's got so, so much that he says with his music and so many um, interesting guitar things. He could play for hours and not hit a bad note. It's so fucking beautiful, and it makes me so happy yeah. that he exists. There's songs like Neon are, like, like it's literally technically one of the hardest songs to fucking play. Like, it's literally, like, so fucking, like, complicated. You have to do so much fucking movement with your hands and, like, the fucking, like, uh, like right hand and left hand moving together. It's, like, it's so hard to get used to. Like, yeah, it takes years and years and years. Even the yeah. most experienced guitarists have, like, trouble with that song. And songs like Stop This Train, where he's talking about how how his life is like a train and how he wants it all to stop. And then he talks from the perspective of his dad, and his dad's like, you don't want this train to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love stuff like that. I love In Your Atmosphere. It's such a good fucking love song. Um, and I know that, like, like this isn't really, like, an album. It's, like, the, the whole live show. But, like, the live show, I feel like it has the best versions of these songs on there. If I was yeah, picking I mean, studio well, yeah, I mean, that's albums, the thing with... With, with, with those yeah. kind of bands and also like the dead and stuff like that is is it's less by album and more by show um yeah exactly kind of how those kind of artists work but this album it's i love it i love this fucking live album so much but like in your atmosphere is such a good love song about how he can't go to la anymore because he he feels like he couldn't because that girl's no longer there and that person's no longer there mm. i love stuff like he covered covered t- tom petty's free fall and, and it's such a pretty cover and it's so beautiful. It's just him and three other acoustic guitars. And it's so good. Um, I love whenever he brings out the fucking electrics. Because the beginning of the show is an acoustic show. And then he moves it to an electric show. I love what he does with electric guitars. I know I say that all the time. But he's just such a fucking like genius. He went to Juilliard. He did all this crazy shit. Like, he actually like understands music. And I love listening to people like that. Songs like fucking... Let me, let me, I'm looking at the track list. Songs like, like, whenever he covered Bold is Love by Jimi Hendrix, like, that song's so fucking good. I've told you about this song. It's my favorite thing in the entire world because he's sitting there and he's soloing for so long and his voice fits so perfectly. I almost like it more than the tri- Jimi Hendrix version. Uh, there goes, did the camera die? I don't think the camera died. If the camera died, then that's very unfortunate. I hate whenever it does that, but, you know, you do what you gotta do. Um, uh, again, Bold is Love favorite thing in the entire world i love that shit more than anything in the entire world i love slow dancing in a burning room that fucking like solo he does and that fucking beginning it's so pretty the way that he describes the ending of a relationship with that that like it feels like you're slow dancing in a burning room and like at the end near the end it's just like him just being like don't you think we should learn by now don't you think we should learn somehow like talking about how at the end of the relationship you feel like you should have like known that it was that yeah. bad and like that you should have figured everything out and I've, I've felt that before i love gravity sure. i love him talking about how like gravity is working against him and like it's taking so many like good men way better than him and like how he just wants he wants for everything to just keep him where the light is and where just like everything's peaceful and it's just there i like and the, the whenever he ends the show with I'm Gonna Find Another You, where he's just talking, like, that's the closer to his album Continuum, too, and it's just such a perfect ending, where it's just like, I'm gonna find another you. I love it, you know? I think yeah. that's the whole thing with that, and I hate that I got cut off by the camera in the middle of the conversation, <laughs> but it works. Okay. We're fine. Yeah. We're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's all my albums. Awesome, yeah. That's, I think it's that's a solid selection, and yeah, that's. I think it's really cool. I think I like the the idea of this episode. Both of us sharing some of the music that that means a lot to us, uh, for the to each other and for, for, to the audience. So the audience can uh, can listen to some of these and tell us what exactly. they think. Um, so I'd like to say real quick that if uh, you, after listening to this episode, uh, decide to listen to any of the songs that we've mentioned in this video, any of the albums we've mentioned for either of us, let us know in the comments, uh, either on the YouTube version of this, on Patreon, if you're on Patreon, or, um, tweet I guess us, those, stuff those, like that. or tweet us, or, yeah, tweet us, tell us in the Discord, any of just, those things. Just, just be like, hey, yo, uh, this album out. really affected me, and we'll be like, hey, yo, we told you. <laughs> yeah, or, or tweet us and be like, hey, your music is fucking shit, and I hate it. That also works. And I'll, Just let us know. And I'll be like, let us know sh- how you I'll feel be about like, it. Shut up, you cr- you're cringe. You're cringe. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Stupid twelve year old. Um. 
But I think that's uh that's it for the episode. That was a yeah. that was a really good conversation. I love talking music. I could yeah, do this for hours. Probably the longest episode uh, of the podcast so far. Um, Definitely. Which is which is which is fun. It's gonna take me, take me to edit tomorrow. But you know. Sorry um, about that. <laughs> no, it was great. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun little video. Um, I don't really know how else how like if we should talk about anything afterwards but i think i think that kind of came to a conclusion of talking about the music yeah i but, think i think um, just talking music swept this out al- this album yeah this fuck. episode <laughs> when my yeah. al- when my album comes out it's going to be up there with some people yeah i think um will. yeah for sure all right oh yeah speaking speaking of that uh an honorable mention for me one that i couldn't justify putting onto the board yet but uh i i totally would have uh, should things be a little bit different, but Teo's album, Searching for Gravity, fucking top tier. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, agreed. Um, that album, I have a, a few, like, honorable mentions that I could go on about, but Kid Crow yeah. is the first, like, a one oh, that yeah. I thought about. Kid Crow is, um, is on the list of things that I had to trim down, as well as Sleepyhead by Cave Town, um, Far, so Regina Spectre, Public Void, Penelope Scott. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to put a, Pebble, a Penelope Scott album. I was waiting for you to say <sighs> Penelope Scott. Yeah. But I couldn't, every because everything else was was more important to me. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I wish that I could put more. If I'd had more space, I would have put like a million albums on here. Um, yeah. But I think that's a, a perfect conclusion. I really appreciate all the people listening. Yeah, thank and you, you so much for listening. If you all the way through this, you're a fucking like masochist. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, then it's just maybe they're just curious about music taste. Maybe they're also a fellow music lover. <laughs> There's no way anybody cares about music that much. Well, you do. Well, I mean, I'm I'm an exception because I'm cool and awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm going to be case. rich and famous and nobody else is. Yeah, in any case, yeah. <laughs> um, check out our stuff at bio.link slash Araya J, Araya and J, Araya and J, right? Yeah, A-R-I-A-H-A-N-D-J-A-Y. Um, check out also our a link. Yep, there's also a link to our YouTube channel um, if you're listening to this on one of the podcast apps. Um, either in the description or if you click like episode, like um, podcast website or episode website or whatever that is, depending on the platform. It's a little different for each platform. Then you can come go to the YouTube version, which has a lot more links in the description if you just want to click on links. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Uh, join our Patreon if you have the means and would like to support us, but no, uh, no uh, obligation there. <laughs> want to take us out, Thank Jay? You guys. Thank you guys very much for watching. I hope you have a great day, night, whatever time it is for you. And I will see you in the next one. Love y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.